Hello and welcome to Folklore of the Universe, the podcast that will always have you falling for it. I am your host, Kyle. This is episode 21. This is going to be our fall special, because the fall equinox is on Monday, on the 23rd, and I'm trying to do the special thing, like I did with the spring special, back in spring. And I did realize a bit ago that I completely forgot to do a summer special at Summer Solstice that was not intentional. I was going to do that, but I forgot, and here we are. But I'm going to try and remember from here on out, so we've got the fall special now, we're going to have a winter special during winter solstice, and they're going to keep going, and next summer there'll be all the specials, assuming I don't forget, which I won't, probably, and assuming the, the uh, podcast thingy, dealio, whatever this is called, is still going by then, which I hope it is, no fingers crossed, yeah it will be. It will be, we'll still be there. So yeah, we'll have summer special and all the other specials next year. But for this year, we've still got our fall special that's happening right now. But before I get into this, I've got some little announcements news for the upcoming episode schedule release times. So I'm going to be traveling for most of October to Turkey, so I won't be around to do episodes. So what's going to happen is we're going to have a regular episode for the next, next time slot, the start of October. And then no more until the end of October when I'm doing a Halloween special, which will be all spooky folklore stuff. And then after that, it'll be regular episodes release times again. So that's the news. That's the sitch. So let's get back to this episode. I'm going to be doing a Monster of the Week, a special fall harvest autumn themed one. I've also got a story that is vaguely harvest fall autumn related. And then we're going to just talk about some fall and harvest traditions that go down. And like the spring special, I'm going to focus on Europe for this one more. And then next year, I'll focus on other places. I'm just going to zoom in with the lens. So I've got something to talk about for multiple years. I don't just use everything up this year. The next year, it's like, well, fall's a thing. So that's the plan, Stan, Lee. Well, let's get to it. So first up, like I said, I've got a monster of the week. And this one is from pagan European culture. And this is called the corn dolly. Before anything else, I should clarify that corn here doesn't relate to corn on the cob, like you might be thinking of a maize, as it's otherwise known. This refers to grain. Back in pagan Europe, before they knew that New World corn was a thing, before they had contact, They called grains corn, like wheat or barley, like barley used to be called barley corn. So corn and corn dolly refers to this kind of corn, uh, grains, as opposed to new world corn. So just straightening that up, clearing the air before we start. But now we're starting, so let's start. These corn dollies aren't really creatures themselves, but they're more of homes for creatures that are made by people. Because back in pagan Europe, they used to believe that their fields had these little corn spirits living in them. It's part of this animist idea that everything has little spirits living in it. But the problem was, when they harvested all the grains during fall time, during harvest time, they thought that they were making these little spirits homeless, which they didn't want, so they used the very last sheaf of grain they harvested to make this little doll, and dress it up in clothes, and as this little humanoid figure, and that was thought to be a temporary home for the corn spirit. And they stored that carefully in their village. Then in springtime, when they were plowing the fields, ready to plant again, they would bury that little doll in the newly tilled soil, 
and believed that the spirit left the doll and went back into the field to live there. And since they believed that these corn spirits made their fields and their crops grow better, they took great care to make them happy, and that's why they made all these special concessions for them to take care of them. Because again, it's part of this animist tradition where you need to keep the local spirits happy to keep the world running properly. And if you piss off your local corn spirits, then you're going to get a shitty harvest, and you're going to have no food, and then winter comes around, and then you starve and die. Which, of course, is no bueno. And honestly, a lot of these harvest traditions in general that happen around this time, like dating back really long ways, have their roots in giving thanks, or giving some sort of something back to these supernatural entities who preside over food and plants and growing things. And you want to thank them and give them your feedback, appreciation, so that they keep letting you grow things and keep giving you food to survive. All that giving thanks is just one aspect of these harvest festivals and harvest celebrations, though. Another bit is that they're just big-ass parties. Because the fall harvest is when you've got the most food out of the entire year, if you're living in a little medieval village. Because there's no supermarkets or... Costco's to go down to. You got to grow it all yourself, right? So this is the most food you've got, and you've got a chance to eat a bunch, have a big party, and celebrate not starving, which is another part. And people, people love parties. They're a big thing, so that's another reason to celebrate those. And harvest festivals like these are one type of fall festival. There's another type that's more around Halloween time, which is like Halloween or Samhain as I think it's pronounced, the earlier Celtic one. But I'm going to talk more about those in the Halloween special. So this is just, this episode is just harvest biz, harvest chat. And a lot of these harvest traditions that go way back still survive today. Like harvest festivals are a big thing in a lot of places. Oktoberfest is originating from a harvest festival tradition. A Thanksgiving in the U.S., that's another originating from harvest festivals. So it is a persistent thing, and it's still... Still a fun thing. They're fun, you know? You get to run around, dress up like a turkey, eat some hay. It's a good time. So, to summarize all this together, a harvest festival tradition, so you need to give thanks to the earth spirits and all that, and also have a big party and have fun and enjoy yourself, because winter is coming, and back then, they didn't have skiing, so it wasn't wasn't as fun as it is now. But now we're going to move on to our story, which is an Irish one, and it's... Sort of, it's only vaguely related to the harvest. It's not specifically about the harvest, but I couldn't find one better than this one. So here we go. This is it. So like I said, this is an Irish story. This is called The Field of Bolians. Tom Fitzpatrick was the eldest son of a comfortable farmer who lived at Balancolig. Tom was just turned of nine and twenty when he met the following adventure. And was as clever, clean, tight, good-looking a boy as any in the whole county Cork. One fine day in harvest, it was indeed Lady Day in harvest, that everybody knows to be one of the greatest holidays in the year. Tom was taking a ramble through the grounds, and went sauntering along the sunny side of a hedge, thinking in himself, Where would be the great harm if people, instead of idling and going about doing nothing at all, were to shake out the hay and bind and stook the oats that was lying on the ledge? especially as the weather had been rather broken of late. He all of a sudden heard a clacking sort of noise a little before him in the hedge. Dear me, said Tom, but isn't it surprising to hear the stone shatters singing so late in the season? 
So Tom stole on, going on the tops of his toes, to try and see if he could get a sight of what was making the noise, to see if he was right in his guess. The noise stopped. As Tom looked sharply through the bushes, what should he see in a nook of the hedge but a brown pitcher that might hold about a gallon and a half of liquor, and by and by, a little wee diny diny bit of an old man, with the little mutty of a cocked hat stuck upon the top of his head, and a dishy-dashy leather apron hanging before him, pulled out a little wooden stool, and stood up upon it, and dipped a little piggin into the pitcher, and took out the full of it, put it up beside the stool, then sat down under the pitcher, and began to work at putting a heel piece on a bit of a brogue just fitting for himself. Well, by the powers, said Tom to himself, I often heard tell of the Chlorocon, and to tell God's truth, I never rightly believed in them, but here's one of them in real earnest. If I go knowingly to work, I'm a made man. They say a body must never take their eyes off them, or they'll escape. Tom now stole on a little further, with his eye fixed on the little man just as a cat does with a mouse, or, as we read in books, the rattlesnake does with the birds he wants to enchant. So when he got up quite close to him, God bless your work, neighbor, said Tom. The little man raised up his head and, thank you kindly, said he. I wonder you'd be working on the holy day, said Tom. It's my own business, not yours, was the reply. Well, may you be civil enough to tell us what you've got in the pitcher there, said Tom. That I will, with pleasure, said he. It's good beer. Beer, said Tom. Thunder and fire, where did you get it? Where did I get it, is it? Why, I made it. And what do you think I made it of? Devil o' one of me, you knows, said Tom. But of malt, I suppose. What else? Then you're out. I made it of heath. Of heath, said Tom, bursting out laughing. Sure you don't think me to be such a fool as to believe that. Do as you please, said he. But what I told you is the truth. Did you never hear tale of the Danes? And that I did, said Tom. Weren't them the fellows we gave such a licking when they thought to take Limerick from us? Him, said the little man dryly. Is that all you know about the matter? Well, but about them Danes, said Tom. Why, all the about them there is, is that when they were here, they taught us to make beer out of the heath. The secret's been my family ever since. Will you give a body a taste of your beer? said Tom. I'll tell you what it is, young man. It would be fitter for you to be looking after your father's property than to be bothering decent, quiet people with your foolish questions. There now, while you're idling away your time here, there's the cows have broken into the oats and are knocking the corn all about. Tom was taken so by surprise with this, he was just on the very point of turning round when he recollected himself. So, afraid that the like might have happened again, he made a grab at the Chlorocon and caught him up in his hand, but in his hurry, he overset the pitcher and spilled all the beer, so they could not get a taste of it to tell what sort it was. He then swore what he would not do to him if he did not show him where his money was. Tom looked so wicked and so bloody-minded that the little man was quite frightened. So, says he, Come along with me a couple of fields off, and I'll show you a crock of gold. So they went, and Tom held the Chlorocon fast in his hand and never took his eyes off from him. Though they had to cross hedges and ditches and a crooked bit of bog, for the Chlorocon seemed, out of pure mischief, to pick out the hardest and most contrary way. Till at last they came to a great field all full of bullion buoys, ragweed, and the Chlorocon pointed to a big bullion, and, says he, Dig under that bullion, and you'll get the great crock all full of guineas. 
Tom, in his hurry, had never minded the bringing a spade with them, so he thought to run home and fetch one. And that he might know the place again, he took off one of his red garters and tied it round the bolion. I suppose, said the Chloricon, very civilly, you've no further occasion for me? No, says Tom. You may go away now, if you please, and God speed you. May good luck attend you wherever you go. Oh, goodbye to you, Tom Fitzpatrick, said the Chloricon. And much good may you do with what you'll get. So Tom ran for the dear life till he came home and got a spade, and then away with them as hard as he could go, back to the field of Boleons. But when he got there, lo and behold, not a Boleon in the field had but a red garter, the very identical model of his own tied about it. As to digging up the whole field, that was all nonsense, for there was more than forty good Irish acres in it. So Tom came home again with his spade on his shoulder, a little cooler than he went, and many's the hearty curse he gave to the Chlorocon every time he thought of the neat turn he had served him. The End So you've probably figured it out, but Chlorocons are basically just leprechauns. They hit all the same marks, the only difference is the name, and that Chlorocons are more associated with drinking and alcohol than leprechauns are. So, they could just be the same thing in regional variants of the same spirit, or chloricons are just leprechauns on a drinking spree. But either way, they've got the same trickery and the same way of screwing people over as leprechauns do. Although it's not really screwing people over if you're just tricking people who are trying to steal your shit. So, they're, they're pretty chill. They're doing the right thing. Uh, yes, this is the humans who are assholes, as usual. The harvest-related thing in this story, it references Lady Day in the Harvest, which is a holiday that was in Ireland, of, of course, obviously, which is typically celebrated on August 15th. And the day combines harvest ceremonies and festivals with celebrating uh, the Virgin Mary from Christianity. So this is another one of those cases where you've got the older traditions that have the newer ones laid over them, and they all merge together to become one big dealio thing. And it's mentioned that this is the most, one of the most important holidays, which makes sense because Virgin Mary is a big deal in uh, Catholicism. And of course, parts of Ireland are still very, very Catholic, and traditionally have been very, very Catholic. But really not too, too much Harvest actually related stuff in this story, which I couldn't find anything out there that was super Harvest related, but this kind of mentions it and is taking place during it. And it's sort of Harvesty with a big field full of plants, even though those plants are weeds, um, not actual crop plants, but it's kind of the same, same general vibe, right? Maybe? Just me? No? Well, regardless, I'm going to start wrapping the episode up here. So, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, the next episode is going to be the normal time in two weeks. It's just going to be a regular episode. And, yeah, all the stuff I talked about at the start of the episode, this one is what's going to be happening. Hasn't changed since then in 15 minutes. So, that is that. I've been Kyle. This has been the episode. Uh, thank you for listening. Have a happy fall equinox. And I will see you next time. Bye-bye.